Archaeology of Fashion and the Discourse on Secondhand Objects, a safe space that spotlights and shares the stories behind secondhand objects and how they are used to express and represent one's self-identity. This podcast explores and illuminates narratives that reflect the relationship between a garment and its wear from the perspective of first-generation Americans. I'm your host, Nicole K. Rivas, a fashion historian, archivist, researcher, and a self-proclaimed fashion archaeologist with a trained eye in fashion studies and specialization on fashion history and theory through an interdisciplinary approach. Using material and visual culture, film and art history, social anthropology and emotional memory through a fashion studies lens, My research and level of expertise are now centered on rewriting the narrative surrounding the value of quote-unquote old clothes. Welcome back, listeners. On today's fourth episode of the Archaeology of Fashion and the Discourse on Secondhand Objects, we will continue to unfold the theoretical framework and begin to discuss how one determines the value of a vintage piece or garment of the past. As we started to examine the different categories that fall under the umbrella term secondhand in our third episode, I am going to further elaborate on the fashion category that has risen to great massive consumer desire, vintage. Now, we've witnessed the boom and demand in vintage garments, especially during the global pandemic of 2020, as individuals began to build their collectible wardrobe or launch their own small side businesses as a gain of making ends meet or additional income. With that said, expert thrift shoppers have found the quote unquote really good finds, sold out or completely gone as many resellers or resale dealers are focused on designer products, in demand items within the secondary market, and of course, selling these pieces at an increased price point in order to make a profit and a return on their investment. But how does one determine the value of a vintage garment? How do we define value and its criteria? Is there more than one type? During many months of researching the value of a vintage garment at the end of 2018, I realized that there is multiple point of views. We have the dealers, collectors, designer label enthusiasts, where the price of a vintage piece is based on its rarity, demand, and who is acquiring it. Is it a cultural institution such as a museum or an avid vintage collector? Will this collector wear the piece or store it in his, her, their personal archive? Will they find themselves reselling the piece? If not, will they find themselves altering the artifact? If so, How does this affect the item's value in the future? Will the integrity of its original design be completely lost? Because of the extensive research and rich context surrounding this subject matter, episode four has been split into two parts. The first, 
Valuing Vintage Garments, which focuses on the subjective point of view from buyers, collectors, and vintage enthusiasts as we examine what's worth collecting. In part two of episode four, Evaluating Vintage Garments, we will concentrate on an objective point of view from appraisers, resellers, and collection managers as we analyze what's worth investing in. A rare consensus in this profession is that value is a subjective concept reflecting a measure of worth of something to somebody. Price, on the other hand, is objective and determined between a willing seller and a willing buyer in an open resale market. Within the field of fashion studies, I have read and met outstanding fashion scholars that identify themselves as fashion sociologists, fashion anthropologists, or fashion historians. The understandings of these practices use material culture, ethnography, and history in order to dissect and reveal customs of society or culture and how this is reflected in one's way of dress. However, I have encountered very few or perhaps none fashion archaeologists where the excavation of sites in search of a historic garment, vintage or antique, can reveal the story of its wearer or previous owner and play a part in its value. The term treasure hunter or fashion vintage hunter is something that is often associated with collectors and vintage retailers in search of building their inventory with those one-of-a-kind pieces. It is through the act of scavenging different locations in search of that vintage or antique garment that overlaps practices of archaeologists, where the recovery of artifacts and the study of material culture, specifically fashion and clothing, reveals a greater story of human activity through its provenance. These artifacts are then used as clues to find out more about past people and their stories. As the dots are connected, from where this item came from and its previous owner to the story behind the piece, it then adds even more value. These treasure hunters and fashion vintage hunters are positioned as experts who are perceptive with a buy it when you see it philosophy, since the piece itself can quickly be purchased by the next person, whether a vintage enthusiast or not. In Harriet Love's Guide to Vintage Chic, published in 1982, the vintage boutique named after its owner, Harriet Love, first opened in 1965 and specialized in Victorian clothes and white lace dresses from 1910, with much of its merchandise now archived in the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. You might even recognize her pieces in clips from the 1974 film The Great Gatsby, starring Robert Redford and Mia Farrow, including the famous party fountain scene. Love explains that for shoppers who know how to spot value, this translates into incredible deals that demonstrates the act of secondhand shopping with fervor in the thrill of the hunt and victory in scoring great deals over a fashion system that targets consumers into overpaying for new merchandise. It was in the late 1970s to 80s that higher price points were established due to an increased popularity in vintage items, especially with celebrity icons wearing Hawaiian shirts, souvenir jackets, and other era pieces like paletots, capes, pilot coats, 
working jackets, and frock dresses. Though the author clearly describes an addictive game in which secondhand buyers can own their skills and successfully hunt and bag vintage attire, one must also consider how the digital sphere in today's world has affected the dynamics of secondhand. For instance, in my professional work as a fashion archivist and researcher, my duties are to preserve and catalog collections. This includes vintage, antique, and contemporary designs where I am able to research these garments in order to identify what season, year, and the collections they belong to. However, it is through my involvement as a vintage and ephemera collection specialist that I am able to travel to sites, digging through bins and discovering artifacts worthy of preserving or wearing. How do we determine the value of a garment from the past in this contemporary moment, specifically within the resale market? What do we deem as worthy objects of study or worthy objects of collecting? According to an essay, Vintage Dress, published in 2010, the distinction between vintage and secondhand clothing relies in its value. The author, Dr. Marie McKenney Valentin, associate professor at the Royal Danish Academy for the Institute of Visual Design, explains, quote, what differentiates vintage dress from secondhand, though the two terms are sometimes used synonymously, is that the latter can be said to refer to the material value of an item of dress, while the former refers to its immaterial and added value. The added value is derived from several factors, especially when purchased in thrift shops or flea markets. The search for an item that is vintage rather than simply used can be compared to a treasure hunt. The sense of discovery is embedded in the vintage item." End quote. Now, if the value can be revealed in the practice of finding the vintage piece through the excitement and adrenaline found in treasure hunting, this effort of searching and discovering translates the value and thus the discoverer adds value to the price point in his, her, their labor efforts. In today's resale or secondary market, the awareness of fashion and consumer desires are greatly considered when determining the value of an item from the past. In the 2015 publication, An Ethnographic Report, Fashioning Memory, Vintage Style and Youth Culture by Dr. Heike Jens, associate professor and the founding director of Parsons MA Fashion Studies program, elaborates within the 18th and 19th century, clothing and fabrics were considered family property handed down to the next generation. Their economic worth could be instantly evaluated based on the fabric's quality, weight, construction, or finish, and determined their exchange value for other goods or their transformation into cash or credit. Similar aspects in judging fashion and design can be translated into notions of worthy objects in which has less to do with the content of the work and more to do with the instinctive sense for what the designer is trying to say. It is the quality and design versus brand name where the value increases by use. For instance, according to the 2008 book, The 12 Million Stuffed Shark, the Curious Economics of Contemporary Art, author Don Thompson, an economist and professor at the Schulich School of Business at York University in Toronto, quotes, when determining the value of an artwork, 
prices are whatever someone is willing to pay. And privately, that art buying at the most expensive end is often a game played by the super rich with publicity and cultural distinction as the prize, end quote. Therefore, the older the items were, the more sought after they became. One can apply these understandings when investing in fashion, such as couture, new ready-to-wear, and perhaps vintage designer objects. This then explains the motivation, but not necessarily the value and evaluation process when determining the value. Stay tuned for part two of episode four, where we will begin to dissect objective understandings when identifying different forms of value for a vintage or antique garment. When comprehending the subjective point of view and the value of a vintage object, these clothes are seen as material journals or material biographies in which finding and determining the value is beyond the traditional markers of value. For instance, stains on a vintage concert tee can reflect the imprint from the person who wore it rather than be dismissed or discarded. Much of its value from the buyer's perspective relies on the humanity connected to them, something quite contrary from an appraiser's point of view as the condition of an artifact is often factored. The story behind these artifacts carry an emotional history from its previous wearer, where new wearers or collectors wish to relive and embody the spirit of its previous owner and create new fond memories in it. It is the emotional value from a subjective perspective that determines and distinguishes the value of a garment or object from the past. The appeal relies on its cultural and social significance in history and human connection. Without these stories, the object is merely a functional product. But with these stories produced by its wearers, the object then obtains an emotional and perhaps even cultural value making it priceless. When assigning value to a vintage object with little to no obvious monetary value from an objective point of view, it can obtain high emotional and cultural value, which then determines a greater significance in preserving this object or deeming it as a worthy object of collecting. Through time, an object's emotional value can grow as the object is used and acquired during significant experiences. We begin to recognize its sentimental value beyond aesthetic, economic, religious, or historical connection and across geographical and cultural spaces. However, sensory experiences such as touch can also produce emotional effects and attachments which can evolve over time. The texture of the material, the cut of the garment, the warmth and feel of a luscious fabric, or the voluminous nature of an exaggerated silhouette and how it engages with the body and movement. The sentimental connections to previous owners reveal the importance of provenance, where it came from, who it belonged to, the story behind where this garment was worn or how it was acquired from its previous to contemporary wearer. These garments are then collected as relics, erasing the stigma attached to acquiring previously worn clothing, driving prices to staggering heights and added prestige. We will recognize connections of worth based on the item's provenance in part two of episode four, as it is a criteria that falls under both monetary and emotional value.
In addition, the condition of an artifact can also factor in emotional and cultural value with human imprints or stains and alterations. Has the vintage object been altered from its original design by its previous owner? Will its new wearer alter it even more? Will the item be upcycled, completely repurposed, or preserved and worn in its current form? Objects themselves provide clues to their own emotional value in material traces, revealing patterns of wear or damage. At times, vintage enthusiasts and collectors may find themselves with great interest in a piece due to a desire to embody the spirit of its previous wear, to attain and project a certain attitude with confidence when wearing the garment, constructed from their own perspective that can only truly be expressed when wearing or owning this artifact. It pays reverence to what people were wearing of its time and reveals a great cultural significance as it embodies the spirit of its time, especially with designer vintage. It can be used as positional goods for collectors of things that prove to the rest of the world that they are in the know and project a certain kind of cachet where fashion distinguishes the wearer. Ultimately, it is the romantic spirit that determines the value of a vintage garment from the subjective point of view. A desire and need of authenticity expressed through these one-of-a-kind merchandises, a concern which has become an important feature in contemporary understandings of identity. The sartorial individualism of the 19th century romantics across Europe and dating all the way back to the 18th century, including bohemian and gothic romantics, exemplify a movement in which an attack on modern ideas of empiricism, rationalism, and materialism demonstrates how creativity and emotional expression was valued in its emphasis to recreate oneself with change, diversity, individuality, and imagination articulated through dress practices. Though the meaning of romanticism has changed over time, in the 18th century it was associated with imagination, creation of artworks, a type of bohemia where one could escape the imperfections of modern life. It was eclipsed by the Age of Enlightenment, where everything was to be perceived through science and reason. But coming into the 19th century, romantics of its time drew connections to sentimentalism, with artworks emphasizing expressions of personal feelings and emotions. Style narratives were made conspicuous in attempts for romantics to not only distance themselves from bourgeoisie society and aristocratic societal and political norms, but also aspire to be oneself through expressions of dress and assembled looks. Now, although the ethos of this movement was linked to spirituality and emotional expression and not necessarily materiality, it certainly laid the groundwork when dealing with garments of the past. In season three of The Vintage Voyager, an avid vintage collector and New York-based photographer and director, Rose Callahan, asks herself, quote, I thought about this a lot, like why am I attracted to vintage stuff? Why am I attracted to old things? And it really is about romance. The thought of, you know, wearing a hat with a feather. It adds this other world inside of the world. It makes the world more special to dream up this film that you're in or something. 
And it's not nostalgia about an actual time. It's the romance and nostalgia for like an aesthetic, really. I think it comes down to, I just want romance, end quote. It is an emotional preference, a need to align oneself with the vintage object, whether designer or non-brand, because the creation resonates with the type of image the wearer wants to project. My early interests in investigating how we determine the value of a garment from the past, George Simmel, a German sociologist and structural theorist specializing in urban life and the form of the metropolis during the late 19th century and early 20th century, best describes it as the charm of difference, where most fashion revivals of the early 20th century made old clothes attractive to new wearers. Vintage became sophisticated new symbols of status and autonomy when it began to be sold in auction houses alongside couture and antique collectibles. By these garments of the past being presented in the context of luxury for the elite clientele, it was something fresh and new, perhaps the anxiety of missing out, and the demand for vintage trickled its way up. In conclusion, the subjective perspective is determined by its emotional value and cultural significance when it comes to buyers, collectors, and vintage enthusiasts. The value of a garment from the past and determining what is worth collecting is factored by its provenance, condition, reverence, and position where romance plays a significant role.